Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Monica, you came back again. I did. You can't get rid of me. It's like the brunches. You remove the food, hoping I wouldn't come back, and there yes. I am every single time. I should have brought some food. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's a party going on in the other yeah, room. We, we can, can grab it. some. Um, so just uh, just because we're 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 through the midway at the about the midway point here, uh, tell us again. Um, so, well, I'll, okay, I'll say uh, this is you know we got some guest hosts going on. Uh, we've got um, you've come on to like uh, curate a few episodes. So please um, introduce yourself and tell uh, tell the people where they can find your podcast. And because you also do a podcast and you do lots of other things, tell them a little bit about all of your stuff. Sure. My name is Monica Humberg, and I am a comedian and a podcaster and a storyteller. I have a podcast called Craig's Lost, which is about bizarre Craigslist ads. Uh, amusingly, uh, a girl that introduced me, uh, one of the comics that introduced me yesterday was like, she does this really great podcast about her shitty dating life. And I'm like, <laughs> it's actually not what it's about, but she could confuse two things I do, which is that I also uh, talk, I, I do a show... It's not my show. It's produced by Adeline Genevieve, and it's called Tinder Tales. So I perform with them a lot. I talk about my shitty dating life, Mm -hmm. but more actually just weird messages that I get over online dating sites. Well, well, people should definitely follow you because you are uh, you've got a hilarious presence uh, online. Thank you. And um, I have to ask. um, You talked about those two things. Your your your. I'll say your dating life. I won't say your shitty dating life. No, I know. I just um, like to exaggerate for entertainment. Um, mine's the shitty dating life between <laughs> the two of us. I want to steal your time. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so your dating life and these Craigslist ads. So I've been to uh, all of your live shows Thank so you. far. It's been um, so sweet to have you. Yeah. Uh, so I have to ask you, the, the messages that you post online mm-hmm. about your dating life. Yes. And the Craigslist ads, because this goes, I'm, this is, I, we're going to segue into our topic today okay. this way. They are both real. Oh, God, yeah. They're all real, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, uh, I'm really glad that we have a, a, a explicit uh, E thing on this, on this <gasps> podcast because they're fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, they're amazing. So um, we were going to talk about... Um, finding humor in tragedy. <laughs> it's appropriate, and, yeah. And so with some of the Craigslist ads that you put on, right. there's a lot of tra- tragedy there, but I don't think there's any... And humor... Uh-huh. But I don't think there's any awareness no. of either from the people that are posting these no, things. No, no. There's a really sad one that the person clearly doesn't think is sad. And there's two similar ones that I had on the last show, which was the guy who is explicitly trying to get back at his ex-girlfriend because she doesn't want him anymore and now she's he's going to he wants to set up a lot of photo shoots with hot women (laughs) and then you know she's gonna get real jealous and you're like oh that's so sad because in some minor way we've all been there in the Mm -hmm. sense of thinking that right and then most of us have bypassed that by going hey you know what that person that dumped me because they didn't care about me is not going to care whether or not I have a new person in my life, you right. know? And uh, as one of the, uh, Roger Beck, who was on one of the panels, said, yeah, also, if they have any friends in common, the friends will say, 
yeah, he's not seeing anyone. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I think, one of those perfect self-awareness tragedies. Well, it's funny. It, it's funny, eh? Because I think it's where this, um, where people, uh, you know, cultivate their online personas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's where this all breaks down. Because, um, you know, people like to project how happy they are and, and put that out there and everything like that. But um, you can't do something like that because somebody will call you out on it. Well, yeah, and it looks so fucking fake. Like, it just looks so <laughs> fake. You know, you just go through a breakup, and then your pictures are all about, like, oh, my God, living the dream. <laughs> like, you're so not. You know, yeah. like, you're better off just not posting stuff for a while or, or, you know, occasionally posting whatever the fuck you're doing that's okay, interesting. But, mm-hmm. like, to pretend that your life is just suddenly... You know, rainbow and bows and rainbows and unicorns and whatever. Just since this person's left your life, mm. you know, even though you were like, you know, crying in the fetal position just you know hours after they left you. I mean, really, that's right. yeah. So your um, so what what was your uh, inspiration? I know with your comedy, you talk a lot about uh, you you find the the um, the humor and a lot of tragic things mm. but what was your um sort of inspiration to to talk about this in today's episode you and i told a story collaboratively and uh, we both sort of had these strange tragic elements to it that we were making fun and i mm. thought that one of the great examples is your story where you talk about being at your father's burial or funeral we were doing the figuring out we were like at the gravestone store. The gravestone store. It just sounds absurd. Tr- trying to figure out what to write on the on the, the gravestone. After my father passed away, I went with my mother to pick out the gravestone. The manager of the business was an awkward middle-aged man, and he wore a Mickey Mouse watch. <laughs> Mickey's hands were the watch hands the hands ticking away another second of my life with his large cartoon gloves. I couldn't stop wondering what propelled a middle-aged gravestone salesman to wear a Mickey Mouse watch. And, and I, and will never know. I snapped out of it when my mother wanted to know what names should be on the gravestones. My father, obviously, And my mom was going to put her name on, which is her birthday, which was pretty standard. There were room for more names. My mother said, well, your brother is married and has a family, so I'm sure he'll take care of himself. But you, you've been single for a while. So you might want to think of including your name on the stone. The man with the Mickey Mouse watch snickered under his breath. I'm sorry, did my mother just comment on my relationship status? I mean, if you were to learn from the past, my prospects were bleak. But there is a time and a place. Just like there's a time and a place to wear a Mickey Mouse watch. And in my humble opinion, it was neither the time nor the place for Mickey Mouse or discussions about my relationship status. But it, 
it. It was. It's so funny. It was mm-hmm. so funny, and obviously you told it really well and very deadpan. But that was such a great example of something that's exceptionally tragic, but that also had elements of, you know, entertainment because so, that's life. Well, do you? So, what do you think? Okay. Um, so, if you take that story in in particular, mm-hmm. so we had sort of conceived this absurd. Um, kind of framework right. that, that you and I were actually moonlighting as private investigators. Right. And we were talking about sort of our first case and then we embedded these stories in there. Right. So do you think that one, um, because it got a pretty strong reaction, the, the whole story, yeah. people seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, that was really nice. Was it because we had created that framework and then uh, people could just uh, like, you know, you're, you're, hitting it you're not hitting it so seriously towards them or is it that you we've we did set it up that this is kind of absurd and this is kind of funny so then when we go to the um serious bits that we've almost given people permission to not laugh at us but laugh kind of in tandem with us yeah i I think i think you've got a a great point about that because that those things work both of those things worked together because that's, I think that is true that we gave them permission to laugh right from the beginning, as opposed to not knowing if they should laugh. And, and there was a story, and I don't know if you guys have put this on the podcast or might at some point where someone talked about a very, very serious ex- experience. They had very tragic thing, but in the midst of it talked about how much they hated their coworkers. Mm, so you're going right. to remember what I'm talking about now, but, and, and, and that got such a laugh because it was really funny especially yeah. in the context, but also because it was a relief. It happens a lot with these stories where something's very tragic and then someone has something that is not necessarily even meant for comic relief, but in the co- but that is such a relief for people to have like something they can go, Whew, okay, we can let a little bit of what we're feeling out in some way. Well, I know because you, you deal, again, like with a lot of uh, this tragedy and comedy and wrapping them up, is that... Um, it's a little trick that I've picked up along the way is that if it is a serious story, I'll usually plant two or three things at certain points mm. in the story just to do what you just said is to let people just, uh, first of all, they always get a big laugh, yeah, <laughs> a bigger laugh nice, yeah. than usual because they're, they don't want to, like they're, it, it's serious and we've got to be serious. So then when you kind of throw in a little joke or something people are like oh my god that's the funniest thing i've ever yeah, heard thank yeah. you but it's I, also to give them a little release before like we get into the next part i actually had a date like that where the person oh. was so tragically unfunny that uh at one point they said something funny it had been 20 minutes of like <laughs> you just almost i almost fell off I, your lost chair my mind like i just <laughs> I mean, it was it was comical how overboard my laugh was for what was happening, but it was just so grateful to have some way to right. release the, the pain that I had been experiencing for the past 20 minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. Like, obviously, you and I build those things in. I remember a story that you told. Uh, actually, this was the... F- okay, it was the, the event that I told a story at, too, but it was the first event I told a story at. It was the second event I attended. Nobody knows to know these details, but in my <laughs> mind, it centers right. everything. But you told a story. This was while your father was dying, and you talked about watching TV shows with him, but you illustrated the TV shows. Like you're talking about, I think, what's happening on, like, the, the Wheel Price of Fright. Price of Fright and Wheel yeah, of Fortune, yeah. I think. And it was so great because they were 
they were annoying the fuck out of you. And, yeah. and the way you described them was hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and relatable because you're like, oh, God, <laughs> these are really terrible shows <laughs> that you watch when you have nothing to watch. Well, I, I think, I don't know what you, because you're, you're so uh, um, amazing at this, of, of finding, I, I, I feel like when you're, you're, I don't know, you can, you can speak to this better than I can probably, that if it is a tragic story, there's always funny elements in it yeah. anyways, or absurd or whatever. Like, they just, it just happens that way, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are sort of in the same plane of, of doing that, and I just thought of this right now, but I remember I had a friend of mine, and this was a terrible story, but he turned out totally fine, but he was attacked really violently, and as a result, like, had for a while brain damage. Eventually did not have the brain damage, but when he was in the hospital... <laughs> He was, he's a scientist, he's a brilliant man, and he was in the hospital, and uh, he couldn't reach the TV to change the channel, and what was on constantly, because his uh, bedmate or uh, roommate liked it, was The Nanny with Fran Drescher. Right. And, and it was like, <laughs> I, just, I think I went to visit him, and he was just like, I, I'm not going to be able to take this. Like, and you're just like, of all the things you experienced, you know, right. it was just so tragic and terrible. The fact that what was really going to send him over the edge was the nanny <laughs> was just hilarious. And I think he saw it. He was like, that's it. It's like, yeah. I can't. Well, and I think just, it, it almost, I think all of this stuff mirrors, the, the storytelling and the, the real life experiences kind of mirror each other because you're um sometimes to get through these things as they're happening even uh it's like you like we said with the audience when they when you hit uh uh, throw in a funny bit in the embedded in a serious story they kind of lose their minds Mm. when you're in those kind of situations you when something happens that is funny you're like oh jeez at least we can just have all at least for a minute some relief from all of this yeah at least you could look at the absurdity yeah there was that's that was a great relief when uh when my father was dying was that you know there was there was just such weird shit that was kind of around it that it was like Mm -hmm. okay well at least i could post this on social media and you know get a reaction because it was just darkly funny but i was very grateful to have things that were funny about it mm-hmm. it, it yeah it was huge relief my father had cancer and one day after a visit to the hospital my mother called me very upset the hospital tell me you only have six months to live oh god they just said that no they told me that the last time we were in the hospital I did the math. That was six months ago. It reminded me of an old joke. Doctor, I have some good news and some bad news. Patient, oh, good news first, please. Doctor, okay, you only have 24 hours to live. That's the good news? What's the bad news? I should have told you yesterday. (laughs) My mother also didn't tell my father he was dying. Which is the worst game of surprise? (laughs) It's ultimately unsatisfying when you yell it. Surprise! I got you! So, um, I think we're we're going to... um, wrap things up monica i hope you're 
uh, dating life gets better. <laughs> or, I mean, for the sake of the rest of us, I kind of <laughs> hope it stays the same. Uh, like, oh, I can see that. Sorry. No, that's reasonable. Um, um, and um, and I, I, I really hope that, like, people are still actively using Craigslist quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's, that's, that's going to continue That'll for just, sure. because, yeah, it just is, seems like an unending source of just, <laughs> that's where all the strange people have gone in our it's society. Amazing. It's great. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you will um, also come back here. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the stories we don't tell. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, where you can leave a comment. You also can like Facebook or our Facebook page, depending on how you feel. You can visit storiesdontell.org for more information.